Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today on Live by Every Word here on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. Thanks for joining us uh, wherever you like to get your podcasts as well. All of our programming is available on uh, podcast, and uh, you can listen to the programming at kpcg.fm or thetrumpet.com also. Well, what is God's Holy Spirit needed for? That's a very important question, and do you have it? Well, it's very important that we do have God's Spirit. It's essential, as we'll see. And we'll look at some of the things that it does and the reason that we need it so desperately. And we'll start today by looking at John 10. There's a a few passages that we'll look at today. So if you do have a Bible handy and available, it'd be good to get it out. We could look at these passages together and see what God's Word reveals about His Holy Spirit. Really something that is uh, misunderstood very much in the world. People are aware of the Spirit of God, in, at least in talking about it, I think. But but what is it? What does it do? What do we need it for? Well, let's notice something that Christ said here in John 10, and we'll look at verse 10. He said, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, Christ saying, I am come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So this is an awesome promise from Jesus Christ. It's something that we need to think about. Do we have abundant life? Is our life abundant today? Well, in addition to teaching mankind the way to peace and prosperity, Christ came to make the gift of God's Holy Spirit available to those whom God would call to repentance. We look at Christ's example and we see how he lived and how he taught us to live. And that's essential understanding to have an abundant life, to follow that teaching. But then also what is needed is God's Spirit in Christ came to make the gift of God's Holy Spirit available to those whom God would call to repentance. And so it doesn't, God's Spirit isn't given to everybody. God has to call people. John 6 and verse 44 talks about that. And they have to repent and be baptized. Notice John 7. We'll look at uh, something else here about God's Spirit, how important it is. John 7, and we'll look at verses 38 and 39. Christ said, He that believes on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, believing on Christ, it's not just as simple as saying, you know, you believe he existed or something like that. It's really following him, following the way he lived, the way he walked, obeying his commands. He obeyed his father perfectly, and then he expounded upon those laws as well. And so believing Christ, believing on Christ, it's really obeying him and letting him direct us. But he says for the person that does that, that believes on him, and again, that's called, and and uh, God brings them in to His understanding and to His His family. He said, "Out of out of His belly shall flow rivers of living water." In verse thirty nine, but this spoke He of the Spirit, which they that believe on Him should receive, 
for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The Spirit wasn't given yet at that time, because Christ had to be that perfect sacrifice for the sins of mankind, be killed, and then be resurrected and be glorified, and then the Holy Spirit was given on that Pentecost after he was resurrected. And so we need God's Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. We need that. And the reason is that it's only through God's Spirit that we can develop God's character. To really believe on Christ, like he said, we need God's Spirit to do that. To develop that character, to live as Christ lived, to have that mind of Christ in us. It takes the Spirit of God to do that. God has perfect, holy, and righteous character. That character doesn't come from a human being. We can't just you know, try to be the best human we can be and have that character. We have to have God's Spirit empowering our decision-making. We have to be following its lead. Christ did that when he was on this earth. He was a human, and he perfectly followed God's Spirit as it led him. As it led him, and that's the power of God. Christ perfectly followed his Father's law. God the Father perfectly follows that law. And so a person needs God's Spirit to develop God's character and then ultimately to be resurrected to glorious eternal life at the return of Jesus Christ. It's amazing the promises that God has given. So few really believe them, really look at them, but they're amazing. They're amazing promises. God's Spirit leads a person to an abundant physical life and then a glorious eternal life in God's kingdom. See, God's Spirit produces so much good now in people's lives and then ultimately eternal life in the kingdom and family of God. Notice this passage from John 14. And we'll read this out of the Phillips translation. Christ again making another wonderful promise to us. John 14 and verse 18. This is the Phillips translation. It says, I am not going to leave you alone in the world. I am coming to you. So, of course, Christ was going to be crucified and die and then be resurrected. But he told his disciples, I'm not going to leave you alone in the world. I am coming to you. Well, how would he do that? Well, of course, it's through the power of God's Spirit. Notice this quote. This is from Lesson 11 of the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course. And that's a free Bible course. It's at thetrumpet.com. And if you have not signed up for that, please do so and go through these lessons. And then uh, once you've got them and you go through them, uh, you just have them to go back and study again and you know, refresh your memory and, and uh, learn more. You know, Every time we go through these things, we do learn more and we understand more. So it's a great course to sign up for and to take, and then you've got it. You can look at it whenever you'd like to. But this is Lesson 11. And this quote says, Christ would continue to teach and support the apostles, but not in the flesh. See, he died physically. But it says his Father in heaven would miraculously empower them in their efforts to spread the true gospel after Christ returned to heaven. Christ told his apostles that the Father would send the Holy Spirit to them. It would, quote, bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's in John 14 and verse 26, and that's the Revised Standard Version. 
He said the Holy Spirit would impart the power they needed to be his witnesses to the world. Acts 1 verse 8. And we look and we read about the history of the apostles in the first century and what they did. And they did amazing works. And, and sometimes they, they met some pretty difficult ends. Most times they did. But how, how could they do that? Like, you know, example, the apostle Peter. You know, he, um, he knew he was going to be you know, killed. And yet he was full of hope. You can look at all of the apostles that went through those things. Of course, John lived on. And uh, but he was imprisoned on the Isle of Patmos, where God gave him the Book of Revelation, and you know there's there's uh, so many tests and trials that they went through, but they were empowered to do a great work. They were hopeful, they were joyful because they knew what was uh, coming in the future. They had an abundant life then, an exciting life, but then they had a great hope in the future, even as they faced physical death. Well, that's the same way Christ was. He faced physical death. It wasn't easy, but he did that. And he did it because he wanted to be that perfect sacrifice and open up the, the family of God to, to everyone that, that accepts God's calling and will change and repent. And ultimately, that's going to be a lot of people. So he wanted to do that. But Christ was empowered in his physical life. The apostles were empowered. And it was by God's Spirit. It was by God's Spirit. God's Spirit was needed. The New Testament shows that God's apostles did many great miracles and they proclaimed the gospel message of the soon coming kingdom and family of God. And they didn't do that by their own power. They did that by the power of God's spirit. The correspondence course says these men recalled and understood the teachings of their savior and were inspired by God's spirit to write the New Testament scriptures. So God's Spirit inspired those writings, and we can read them today and study them. And God's Spirit inspired that. But God's Spirit helps more than just the apostles. It's, it's given to more than just the apostles. Notice this in Acts 2. This is Peter here on that day of Pentecost when God gave his Spirit and poured it out. Acts 2, verse 38 through 39, this is important history. And it shows us that uh, who God's Spirit is offered to, and it shows us uh, how to receive it. Acts 2, verses 38 through 39, it says, Then Peter said unto them, people were asking him, if you read the back up and read a little more there, they, they heard this powerful sermon, they understood that Christ was killed because of the sins of mankind, including their sins. And they said, well, what are we to do? You know, those that were convicted, they said, they asked Peter, they said, well, what are we supposed to do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, that's how the Holy Spirit's given. Sometimes people think they have the Holy Spirit, but they've never repented. They don't even know what to repent of. And they haven't been baptized by God's true ministry. They haven't gone through that. So that's what Peter showed here. That's what Peter showed had to be done. In verse 39, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, in other words, that would be you know down through the years, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. See, that's John 6 and verse 44. God the Father has to call people. He has to draw them. 
And so that's up to God. That's up to his his uh, prerogative and who he he looks at and, and examines and says, you know, I think they have a great shot of of obeying me and of using my spirit correctly. Those are the ones that he calls. It's up to God. Sometimes people get, you know, a little upset and they say, well, so it can't be everybody or anybody. Well, Peter said very clearly there, look, it's it's as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, not all are called today, but everyone will have a chance. God is completely fair. He doesn't leave anyone out, but there's a, a season to it. Some are called in this life. Some will be resurrected and called at that time in another physical life. The, we have a lot of information about that. And again, it's all laid out for you in the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. So there's we can't cover all that material today, but you can get that information in the course. If you'll sign up for that, it's free, and it's an educational opportunity. But it's vitally important to have God's Spirit, and God's Spirit only comes from God. It doesn't come from anywhere else. God's Spirit enables those who possess it and, and will use it. They have to use it as well. It, it allows them to and empowers them to live an abundant life that leads to peace, happiness, and ultimately eternal life in the kingdom of God. It's vitally important. It's vitally important that we have God's Spirit. That's what it, it creates. That's what it leads to. That's what it empowers is a life that is peaceful, that is happy, that ultimately leads to that eternal life in the kingdom of God. Of course, there'll be tests and trials. Christ talked about that, that that would happen. But ultimately, there's peace. Notice James 1 and verse 17. James 1 and verse 17, this shows us the fact that God's Spirit has to come from Him. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and that includes God's Spirit, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And aren't we thankful for that? That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't, you know, kind of uh, have a new law or change a law or change the way he lives or change his promises or go back on his word. You know, humans do that. God does not. So we can have complete trust, complete faith in God and his word because there's no there's no variableness neither shadow of turning and he promises to give this good and perfect gift the Holy Spirit and it comes from him the correspondence course says the Holy Spirit is indeed the key to the spiritual blessings of God it is the only ingredient that will bring us God's love joy and peace in this life and for all eternity that's ah, just amazing isn't it it's just amazing, just amazing what God does for us. Brings us peace and joy and eventually eternal life. And notice some of the fruits of God's Holy Spirit. You know, God's Word is, is specific about what we should see in our lives if we're being led by God's Spirit and following that lead. And these are in Galatians 5. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 25 and just listen to this list and think about it and think about your life. And these are things we have to think about and examine. Do we have these fruits? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Quite a list. And there's more. <laughs> Meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And those are the fruits of God's Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. So that is definitely an abundant life, a life that is full of those fruits today. Verse 24, it says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Again, remember Christ said, we read it earlier, that those that believe on him, well, that's what this means. That's what that means, to believe on him. Somebody that is not uh, following the pulls of the flesh, but walking in the Spirit, letting God's Spirit direct them, not just the pull of the flesh. Two different paths there, two different ways of life. People that are just pulled along by the, the lusts of the flesh, well, they have you know, maybe some temporary uh, excitement but often it ends in a lot of misery and suffering. Those that are led by God's Spirit have an abundant life. There's joy there, too, and a lot of excitement, but there's this this love, this joy, this peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. See, the, the flesh doesn't pull us in those ways, but God's Spirit leads us in that direction. And if we are led by God's Spirit, these fruits will be abundant in our lives today. But those who are led by God's Spirit will also be given eternal life at Christ's return. See, it's abundant life today and an abundant eternal life. That's what God's Spirit empowers us to to have. Notice 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. This is talking about Christ's second coming. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. These are the words that we comfort each other with, because it's the truth of God. You know, there's there's trials and tests in this life, and people die at times physically, but we comfort each other with this truth. Now, again, people misunderstand this passage, and they say, well, that's, that's a rapture, right? No, there's, there's, it's not a rapture. It's a resurrection. It's the first resurrection. And they're resurrected, and they meet Christ as he returns to this earth, and then they come back to this earth and rule on this earth with Christ. There's plenty of passages that talk about that. Again, we don't have time to get into that particular subject today, but it's all explained in the correspondence course. This is the first resurrection people that have lived and and had God's Spirit and developed the character of God and died, they'll be resurrected at the return of Christ. And they'll be in the kingdom of God, the family of God. And those that are still alive at the return of Christ, that have God's Spirit in them, that are being led by it, are producing the fruits of God's Spirit, they too then will be changed into spirit beings. It sounds fantastic, right? It sounds amazing, but that's the truth of God. And that should comfort us. We can see we need this power of God's Spirit. We need the power of God's Spirit in our lives very much. God's Spirit is a power that is needed for us to have an abundant life now and an eternally abundant life in the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about this, please sign up for our correspondence course, Lesson 11 in particular, really gets into this topic and uh, sheds a lot of light on it. That's all the time we have for today. On this edition of Live by Every Word, thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God.
You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.